Dear friends in Christ, I remember reading a powerful little story in one of the Our Daily Bread devotional books some time ago that uh, was a story about a nurse in the hospital pediatric unit who had kind of the tradition of allowing her young patients to listen to their own heart with the help of a stethoscope. And she would put the earphones in the ears of the little ones she worked with and put the other end on their heart. And she did that one day to a four-year-old named David. And, and she told David, now, what do you hear, David? What do you hear through your ears? And as a four-year-old does, he tightened his eyebrows and looked real serious for a moment. And then he said with a bright smile, Is that Jesus knocking? Well, he must have been taught well in Sunday school about Jesus, as it says in Revelation, coming and knocking on the door of our hearts. You know, the characters in our lessons that we heard read this morning could have asked that same question. Is Jesus knocking on the door of my heart? They too were confronted, you see, with this inner knocking or calling that drew them into a close relationship with Jesus. Samuel, as a young boy, heard that calling at nighttime and wondered what it was. He thought it was Eli, the priest, but it was God himself calling. Philip and Nathaniel, in our gospel text today, heard the call of God upon their hearts as well from Jesus himself, who was right there with them. Now, the call of God comes upon men and women and children in a variety of ways. I heard last Sunday, you know, Lutheran Church of Hope in West Des Moines has thousands of people in their services every week, and a lot of them are people that have no church background. And last week, the pastor uh, talked about baptism as the theme and just asked kind of as a last-minute decision to say to the congregation, is there, if there's anybody here that hasn't been baptized who would like to, or anybody that would like to recommit their life to Christ, please stay after the service. And 400 people stayed after the service. And that's in a Lutheran church, and that's wonderful. <laughs> there are a lot of people, and, and maybe we are feeling sometimes that, well, everybody's been baptized, everybody has committed their life to Christ, but in many places, especially in big cities, that is not the case, and we're thankful that um, uh, there is that call that comes uh, for people to, to do just that. You know, God continues to call Samuel and Philip and Nathaniel and, and the people in West Des Moines and, and so many others today are, are open to the call of God upon their lives, and they respond, and we praise God for that. You know, listening for God's call, as, as the people in our text today did, begins a relationship that can change people's lives. But you see, that's only the first step. We read in our gospel today that Jesus first came to Philip and said, follow me. And we sense from the text that Philip immediately got up and answered that invitation and followed Jesus as his Lord and Master. But 
Philip couldn't keep this exciting news to himself. So promptly he went and found his friend Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He couldn't keep it inside. He wanted to respond to his new love for Jesus by sharing with someone else as well. You know, when we respond to Jesus, when we commit our lives to him, our love for him grows and grows, and the natural thing to do is to to tell others what's going on in our heart and to further his kingdom, to further his cause. Samuel responded to God's call by later becoming a mighty prophet for the Lord, helping the Hebrew people in so many ways. And Philip and Nathaniel, of course, became disciples of Christ and led many others to him as well. You know, as fellow members of the body here at Emmanuel, we're called to do many things. Yes, we're called to to keep up our church structure, and and there's been many good projects that have been completed this past year in, in that effort. We need to make sure that our bills are paid every every month. We we need to gather week after week for for worship and for Sunday school. But you know what? That's only a beginning. There's so much more. You see, we need to affirm our call by doing what? By building up the kingdom. You know, long before the Jerusalem church had built anything, his followers, Christ's followers, began to, to fan out to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, if they had reasoned that their main task was just to stay in Jerusalem and, and build a big church, of course, that would have been fine. But they took their responsibility to go out into all parts of the world very seriously. And if they would not have done that, not only would, would outreach had, would have stopped, but the church would not probably have survived if they only thought in a narrow way about the church there in Jerusalem and that's it. The Christian church, yes, probably would have died out. You see, we're called to follow the call. I'll say that again. We're called to follow the call. As the body of Christ and individual members of it, we are challenged like Samuel and Philip and Nathaniel were to call others into that fellowship. So on this annual meeting Sunday, when we review God's activity through our congregation this past year, it's also good to take some time, I believe, to evaluate how we're doing in expanding the kingdom through our time and our talents and our financial resources. And all this, of course, is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, in many parts of the world, there are churches that were begun by missionaries during the last couple centuries who are now vibrant cells of the body of Christ. As we've heard on news reports, the Christian church 
in Asia and Africa today is vibrant. Vibrant and growing. Recently, I visited with a pastor that grew up in Madagascar. And he was telling me that when he was a little boy, an American missionary from Norwegian background came to his home and talked to his parents about Jesus. They'd never heard of Jesus before. And his parents became Christians and raised him then as a follower of Jesus. When he got done with his uh, preliminary schooling in Madagascar, he decided to go to America to go to college. And he did that. And in, in the college years, he decided the Lord was calling him to be a pastor. So he went to one of our Lutheran seminaries and for the last 10 years has been a Lutheran pastor here in America. And as I talked to that pastor, I thought to myself, what if the churches in America that sent that missionary to Madagascar back in the 1960s would have just kept their money at home and centered their mission only on meeting the needs of the people in their own church? Yes, we need to reach out to the people right next door and within our our own parish, no doubt about it. But we also need to balance our efforts of kingdom expansion with that call from God that we've heard about in our text today to go out into the world and share the gospel. The churches in Europe are basically dying. We're thankful that missionaries went to Asia and Africa and other places that are building up the Christian church so that the Spirit of God can continue to to work. And I'm so pleased with the relationships that we have with our missionaries and mission organizations, and we're thankful that every January we can have some of them come and share with us in our adult class and even on Sunday morning. Our missionaries keep in touch with us through their newsletter articles, through email and so on, and we try to write back to them and encourage them as well. Some churches that have mission goals say that if the funds don't come in, well, we'll just send in what comes in. But I'm thankful that Emmanuel has always sent 100% of our mission goals that we have set at our annual meeting every year. That way the missionaries know that Emmanuel is faithful and will follow through on the financial resources that they had pledged. I think it's also interesting that some of the families that received the gospel from missionaries decades ago are now sending their sons and daughters to America to be preachers and to be missionaries to us. To have a pastor serving a Lutheran church in Iowa that grew up in Madagascar says something, too, about the way they needed us and how we need them. It works both ways. There is a global mission effort going on, and we need people coming here, and we still need people going into other countries. You know, when you you drop a pebble into a calm pond, you watch the ripples go out wider and wider in concentric circles. You see, whenever the word of God is dropped 
so to speak, in a place, in the lives of people. The Word of God keeps wanting to expand and to go out wider and wider and wider. And, and maybe there's a, a rock that has been placed here and there's, there's uh, circles going up, but someone else drops a rock over here and those circles overlap with these circles over here. And pretty soon the, the whole pond is filled with, with circles overlapping each other, going out and covering the whole surface of the pond. That's our prayer, you see, brothers and sisters, that as God's word is dropped here and here in different places and different countries, that those circles will overlap and someday the entire world will have heard the precious good news of the gospel. We in the church then have the responsibility and the privilege to support efforts to keep those circles going and crisscrossing with each other as as missionaries and other Christian ministries around the world proclaim the word of God and also help with the physical and emotional needs of people wherever they are at. Each church is called to look beyond itself if we're going to survive. That's the only way churches survive is to look beyond themselves. And we do that as we personally witness of our faith in Christ to others and support those efforts being made to have an impact on people wherever they are at. I know of a church that their goal is eventually to give 50% of their budget to mission efforts and to keep 50% for the, the work of the local church. Well, every church does things differently, and I'm so proud of Emmanuel for the efforts that we have made over years, the years to expand our mission efforts all the time and, and to be in relationship with people all over the world. We don't know how long it will be before the Lord returns. And so we need to redouble our efforts to bring as many people into the faith as possible in Story City and in Iowa and and around the world. The call from God is important. But following that call, following that call with kingdom expansion efforts is also essential if the church is going to keep getting stronger. And so I ask you today, if there's anyone here that has heard some knocking lately on the door of their hearts but haven't responded, today may be the day that Jesus is calling you as he did Samuel and Philip and Nathaniel long ago to be his follower. If you haven't done that, ask him. Ask him to, to, to fill your heart with his love and to form in you that desire to serve him in the fields of his kingdom. And if you do that, if you do that, we'd like to hear about it and rejoice with you that you have taken that step. We rejoice when people come to, to Christ or deepen their faith in, in some way as we heard the testimonies this morning. For all the angels rejoice when there is a new name written down in glory. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that 
There were many examples in Scripture through the centuries of people that were called by your Spirit to follow you, to listen to you, and also to work in your kingdom. We pray that as we begin this new year, that we might be challenged once again and renewed in our spirit that you provide to give us what we need, that direction and that guidance to be kingdom workers, to come to you, to listen to you, to your call, but then also to follow that call and to serve you in a variety of ways. Oh, Lord, deepen that faith within us this morning. Challenge us with renewed efforts to serve. In your name, amen.